0: Continuing then with this beautiful uh, passage in Romans 8, it provides marvelous insights into our own minds, into our faith life, into the God of our salvation who teaches us how to know him by faith, how to believe what we are in him. It's, it's enormously rich, this passage, and uh, so we will continue to explore it today. Colin Cook here and how it happens. Thank you very much for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described here in the book of Romans, and particularly today and uh, the future days, uh, chapter 8. You can listen to this broadcast any time of the day or night. Simply download a free app, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Podbean, and uh, Google Podcasts, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. That way, you can listen on the uh, as you're driving to work or as you're um, sitting, um, uh, perhaps, in the garden on a summer's day. And... Um, you can also hear the broadcast on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. And so we are looking at this marvelous passage, Romans chapter 8, and we uh, I'd just like to make a comment again about yesterday. It was difficult to try to convey what I was trying to convey, and that is uh, the passage where it says for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God and again I ask you I beg of you to Not see this as a threat. If you've been brought up with legalism and perfectionism, you will see this as a threat. You will say, oh, goodness, well, I'm not spiritually minded. I'm fleshly minded, and uh, God's not pleased with me. And especially you will feel that and think that if you have various struggles of humanity, which who doesn't? I mean, we all have in one way or another. No, the good news is that this is not a threat. It is part It is part of the grace and the good news of God. And all that Paul is saying here is, look, um, um, you can you are free now to end this fleshly mind, this carnal mind, uh, this carnal way of thinking. Uh this carnal way of thinking belongs to the Kingdom of Adam, where everything that goes wrong is all about death and sin and uh Uh, Now you are in the spirit where everything that goes wrong, you lift your heart up in praise and thanks to God, knowing that he's working through these catastrophes and difficulties and disappointments and what have you. Uh, He's working through them to bring us uh, in deeper fellowship, into deeper fellowship with him. That's what this is about. It's simply a factual statement rather than a threat I think I said it better today than yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we uh, uh, sometimes it takes me two two days to pull it together. So anyway, then he says, um, and by the way, I want you to notice that the word uh, that uh, um, w- it says that we it refers to flesh and carnal. We are be- the carnal mind, and. Um, Because the carnal mind is enmity towards God, and then it says those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So, understand that being in the flesh is being carnal, human thinking, um, fleshly thinking, in the sense that uh, God is not in the picture, and only sin and death are there, and uh, there's nothing but that that happens when everything goes wrong. And then we say, where is God? And why didn't God come through? This is carnal thinking. We now know, because of the grace that God has brought to us in Jesus Christ, that God is everywhere, very present with us. With us shall I go from thy spirit, Um, uh, David says in Psalm 139. Even if I should ascend up to heaven, you are there. If I should go to the grave, you are there. That's what we need to believe, to to develop in our uh, thinking. So then, then he gives us some very, very interesting and enlightening news. And he says this, But you are not in the flesh. This is verse 9 now of chapter 8. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Oh, are we really? Do we have to be told that? Yes, we do, because you see, when the troubles strike and the disappointments and the frustrations of any given day crash through the barriers of our existence, we're hardly feeling in the Spirit, are we? But Paul says this, "'You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit.'" If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Ah, you say, Colin, but there's the big if. You see, if the Spirit of God dwells in me. How do I know the Spirit of God dwells in me? Well, let's keep reading. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. But if Christ is in you, there you have it. The body is dead but because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, that is very, very interesting. You see, in these various verses, Paul is paralleling a description of God, and he does it this way. First of all, he calls God the Spirit, then he calls God the Spirit of God, then he calls God the Spirit of Christ, and finally he calls God Christ so then to have the spirit is to have Christ let's put it another way to have Christ is to have the spirit and what is it to have Christ but to believe believe in him that he is the son of God that he has been sent by God to be the savior of the world and that he is your savior so let's read that again it's fascinating but you are not in the spirit eh, rather you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you now if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he is not his but if christ is in you the body is dead that is it is no longer Relevant, it is no longer potential as a defining factor of your life. Your body, your humanity, is no longer what defines you. The spirit, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because it has been counted as judged and executed in Christ's death. So if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Yours? No, His. His righteousness which is counted as yours. Do you remember way back there in Romans chapter 3? But now the righteousness of God, which is apart from the law, is revealed. Being witnessed by the law, though, and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. This is what we hold. This is what gets us up in the morning. This is what keeps us going through the day and the frustrations. Christ is in us. How do we know it? Because we believe in him. Where did we get that belief? From God. It was a gift. And what is that belief exactly? That he is our Savior and that our humanity is no longer counted as our own anymore. But Christ in his righteousness is counted as ours. And so Paul, as he says it uh, in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Yeah, but I didn't. Actually, get on a cross, did I, and crucify myself? So, what does he mean? Well, he means that the death that Christ died was not actually for his own sake and for him. It was for you and me. And he did it as God representing all humanity. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. I'm alive. I'm not dead, but I'm counted as if I were dead. My humanity, me, the Colin Cook, is counted as if he were dead on the cross with Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But who is the I now that lives? Yet, I not I. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. Not the old I. The old sense of self. The old ho-hum, what a dreadful dread drab life this all is, and where does it all end? In pure futility. No, it, there's plenty of ho-humming in life, I grant you that, but not futility, because Christ is working in us an exceedingly weight of glory, an exceeding weight of glory. So let's get back to that Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, But Christ lives within me, even in the the ho-hum of life, even in the frustrations, even in the grief and the sorrow. Christ lives his sorrow in me. You know, when Lazarus died, Jesus was very distressed in spirit. And the Greek tells us suggests to us that the anger and distress of over Lazarus's death was so deep that it was as if Jesus was snorting like a horse i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live Yet not I, but Christ lives within me, and the life that I live now in the flesh, that is the humanness, the human me, the Colin Cook still, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So, I keep trying by faith not to identify myself in the ho-humness of who I am, but in Christ, who is my life and my righteousness. And so there we have it if Christ is in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness Now you know I'm not one who knows a lot about the holy spirit's work I don't I'm not a charismatic person but I do need to believe and I do believe that the spirit of god is the one who communes with me and tells me all about who Jesus is. Last night I couldn't sleep very well and I uh, stayed awake for quite a while and some of the thoughts that I had were new impressions uh, about how to write my next chapter of the manuscript I'm working on. And I sensed that that was the Spirit of God sort of teaching me how to say the next thing. And you know, that happens in the most ordinary ways to all of us. So lift up your heart, recognize that you're not alone, that your thoughts are not all your thoughts. Some of them are very trivial and piddling and and, uh, secular, aren't they? But then come those flashes where we know the Spirit has spoken to us, or just calm, quiet thoughts that enable us to believe that God is our Father. Donations are welcome. Thank you. You can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com or you can also make a donation by mail to P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Make your don- uh, check out to FaithQuest. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.